Hi, welcome to the East Brainerd Weekly Podcast. This is Sean White, one of the youth ministers at East Brainerd. Again this week, we did not have our normal weekly gathering as we continue to follow CDC recommendations to not gather in large groups. We hope that you took advantage of our online gathering through Facebook or YouTube this past Sunday and spent some time worshiping with your family at home. Chris continued our Room to Breathe series and made some of us pretty hungry for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If you missed it or if you want to hear it again, you've come to the right place. Here's Chris Barnett with week three of Room to Breathe. Hello, EB Online Church family. It is great to be back with you again and great to see everybody, even though really, well, I can't see you. I mean, I can't. Uh, you're sitting right now in your living room. You're hanging out at your kitchen table. You might even still be relaxing in bed with your PJs on. And, and I can't see you at all, which is a good thing, right? Now, you can see me, which is kind of weird, and it makes me feel pretty anxious. And so I guess it's a good thing that we're talking about this whole idea of being able to breathe again in the midst of anxiety. You see, last week we talked about, and we said that anxiety is often the consequence of perceived chaos. But look, now that we have all been pinned up in our homes for a week, hey, the chaos is no longer perceived. The chaos, it's real. I mean, every parent of a school-aged child became a homeschooler overnight. Now, those of you who are doing homeschooling and you've been doing this for a while, you're like, hey, I have no sympathy for the rest of you. But families are right now are trying to adapt to virtual learning while mom and dad are being told to work from home. No problems with that, right? I mean, the baby's crying. Your third grader needs help with science. Your college student is hoarding the toilet paper. And now your dining room is your new office. But hey, look on the bright side. Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. The evil empire is over. Yes! Now the chaos is real as we're all adjusting to life with COVID-19. And while it's impossible for us not to be affected by worrisome circumstances, we don't want to be the source or the transmitter of anxious feelings. Therefore, it's imperative that we develop the ability to respond to anxiety in a measured way versus merely reacting to the emotion of the moment. Dr. Peter L. Steinke, he's an internationally recognized leadership consultant, and he refers to the capacity to self-manage as having, now get this, a non-anxious presence. It's the ability to be in the midst of an anxious moment and yet be able to control our initial and continued response to that crisis situation. And I think it is this composure that Paul points us to in Philippians chapter 4 when he writes and says, you know what, let your gentleness be evident to all. Now at first glance it appears that Paul is asking his readers just to be tender and kind. But the word translated as gentleness, what describes a temperament that is seasoned and mature. It envisions an attitude that is fitting to the occasion. It means that we're being level-headed and temperate. It's the mild manner definition of gentleness that Paul is pointing us toward. The gentle response, well, it's the one of steadiness and even-handedness and fairness. It's the exact opposite of the expression of panic and, and overreaction. Now, Paul says, I want this attitude to be evident to everyone. Your family members need to see it. Your friends should sense a difference. Your co-workers should benefit from it. You know, other people may be freaking out and running for the hills, but the gentle, sober person is clear thinking. Max Licato describes Paul's gentleness as being 
and I love this, contagiously calm. It's the attitude that reminds others that God is in control and positively influences them to seek God's peace. I want you to think about the events over the last few days. Has your response to the constant barrage of news alerts and messages from the CDC demonstrated calm or, or chaos? Have you contributed to the peacefulness or the anxiousness of your family? For those of you in that, quote, danger zone due to your age or pre-existing medical condition, how have you responded? Does your house right now look like you're preparing for a zombie apocalypse? Have you become so worried that even your cats are nervous? You need to remember that well, our belief will always determine our behavior. And I think it's why Paul follows up his call for a gentle response with this truth. He says, the Lord is near. You see, no matter how much social distancing you practice, you are not alone. During this period of virtual school and virtual work and virtual church, you may begin to feel alone and, and feel very isolated. But there is never a moment in which you face life without God. This is God's constant reminder throughout Scripture. He would speak to Abraham and say, Don't be afraid, because I am your shield. To Hagar and Ishmael, Don't be afraid, God has heard. He would encourage Isaac, Don't be afraid, because I am with you. Joshua, Don't be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then, in the ultimate declaration of communion, God sent Jesus to be Emmanuel, God with us. So never assume that God is just watching off in the distance somewhere. Don't believe the voice that whispers that God has left you. It's one thing to face a crisis, but it's another to face a crisis alone. The Lord is near. So you choose to be the person that clutches the presence of God with, with both hands. Shout with the psalm writer, the Lord is with me and I will not be afraid. You see, because we are not alone, and because the Lord is near, Paul says we don't have to live anxious lives. It's his main point in Philippians 4. The Lord is near, so don't be anxious about anything. Now remember that when Paul wrote this letter to Jesus' followers, those followers who are all around Philippi, he, he did not use chapters and verses that we get used to seeing here in our Bibles. He intended for verses 5 and 6 to be read together and and linked together like peanut butter and jelly. The Lord is near, so don't be anxious for anything. The Lord is near, so don't worry. Hey, try this at home this week. While you and the kids are practicing social distancing, make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, I prefer the crunchy, but for those of you socially awkward, smooth peanut butter type people, well, you can do this too. Go ahead and get the peanut butter, and, and as you're putting it there on your bread, you just say out loud and, and announce to everyone who can hear, hey, the Lord, is, the Lord is near. Every time that you spread the peanut butter on, you say it again. I am not alone. The Lord is near. I, I, I'm not by myself. And then go ahead and grab the jelly and, and squirt some on. And while you're going to be spreading all this around, you go ahead and declare out loud and say, hey, I am not anxious. God's got this. I can relax. I can be calm. And then, here's what you do. When you combine your, you combine your PB&J, you not only then have a great snack, 
but you have a physical, yummy reminder that God is with you. And you do not have to live a life of perpetual anxiety. And with each bite, will you invite God's peace into your home? And God's peace and God's presence, oh man, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. It's great. Do it this week. Share it with your kids. It's a wonderful way to have a practical example of God's scripture. Now, disciples found out all about this firsthand. One night they were sailing across the Sea of Galilee when suddenly there was a furious storm that came upon the lake. Situated in a basin surrounded by mountains, the Sea of Galilee is particularly susceptible to sudden and, and violent storms. Matthew would remember this event and he would later say it was like an earthquake that was hitting the water. Mark would write that the tiny boat was caught up in a hurricane. And Luke, well, when he recorded the moment, he was making sure that he got the seriousness of it by saying that the band of brothers, well, they were in great danger. Scripture says that high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. The disciples were doing all that they could just to stay afloat. And Jesus, well, Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the voices of Peter and, and James and John joined with Matthew and Bartholomew and they shouted at Jesus above the thunder and the wind, hey, don't you care that we're going to drown? The disciples were beside themselves with panic. They were certain that this was going to be the end. I mean, this was it. And it was an all hands on deck moment. It was time for everybody, including Jesus, to do their part. Does that sound familiar? I mean, how many news briefings and internet articles have you paid attention to this week? How many questions have you had to answer about your business's COVID-19 response? Restaurants are closing their dining rooms. Government agencies are, are scrambling to respond. Hospitals, we're being told, are preparing for the worst. And you've been asked to do your part. You've been staying at home. You've been washing your hands. Well, how have you handled this unexpected storm? Has your gentle, level-headed response been evident to all? Or like the disciples, have you let your anxiety just get the best of you? You see, if we're not careful, we can look at our present circumstances and, and begin to question the very character of God. The disciples woke Jesus saying, Teacher, don't you care? You see, they observed Jesus' non-anxious presence and well, they decided that he wasn't responding the way that, that he should. Why wasn't he helping them bail water? And why wasn't he frantically running from stem to stern? Their conclusion, well, Jesus must not care. They allowed their panic to influence their perception of Jesus. I wonder if you've started to do the same. After a week of self-distancing, have you begun to question God's goodness and concern? Have you already made up your mind how God should be responding to this? It's easy to do. Our inability to control our current situation encourages us to question the one who controls the universe. When Jesus woke up, Text says he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And the wind stopped and there was calm. And it was then that the disciples learned what you and I so 
desperately need to understand. True peace is only found in the presence of God. The Lord is near, so don't worry. The disciples, well, they were amazed. Their fear of the storm was replaced with an awe for Jesus. They were in the presence of an awesome God. So this week as a family, as you continue to adapt to this new normal, before you tell God what panics you, tell what panics you about your God. Tell your isolation and cabin fever about your God's abiding presence. Tell your uncertainty about your God's continual steadfastness. Tell your worries and your fears about your God who still storms, calm seas, and cures viruses. Don't allow panic to influence your perception. True peace is found in the presence of God. The Lord is near, so don't worry. Instead, well, go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and enjoy the week with God. See you next time. Thanks for listening today, and if you need more updates on things at East Brainerd, check online at eastbrainerdchurch.org or for daily updates at our Instagram or Facebook page. We want to also encourage our church family to continue to give online or by mail so we can carry on with our ministries and serve our community during this chaotic time in our world. Stay safe, have a great week, and grace and peace to you.